Beloved, I'm tired. I bet you're tired too. It's been a hard year. There's been too much violence, mass shootings and police shootings, protests, then the same old arguments afterwards about whose lives matter. There's been a resurgence of hate speech, and it started on the campaign trail. Wounds in our country have been sliced open or reopened by an economy that is failing so many, by the resentment and fear of many of those in the majority who feel they're losing power and by the anger and exhaustion of those worn out by oppression. Now, after 18 months of a political slugfest, when boundaries of decency were not just crossed, but violated, we have a president-elect. But since Tuesday, the wounds have deepened as people nationwide protest that president-elect. And now many people are afraid. Black and brown, immigrants, Muslims and Jews, gay and lesbian and bisexual and transgender people, people with disabilities and many women, because they believe that the hateful rhetoric used during the campaign will be put into practice. And because we're already seeing a shocking rise in incidents of hate since last Tuesday. So beloved, I'm tired. I'm lamenting. I bet you are too. For though there are good and faithful people in all parties, people seeking what is best for our country, and we do not have to disagree on everything. We do not have to agree on everything. What we've got now is a president-elect who has broken the rules of civil debate and of political decency, who appears to prefer being a strong man to checks and balances. Our country is in trouble. This was not a normal election where one party loses and one wins, but we all agree that we can figure out how to get along and how to work together until the next election. I sorrow that so many in our country are in pain, and I sorrow that so many thought their only choice was this. I sorrow that we are riven by anger and fear and distrust of one another. So, I turned to Lamentations this week, and I found even in this very bleak book of the Bible, written when people felt utterly bereft at the destruction of Jerusalem, even there, right in the middle of the book, there is hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. 
His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And of course, that hope, the hope we have because God is faithful to us, no matter how difficult our that is what we Christians are always called to, hope. And that's what we hear today, even in Luke's gospel. Jesus tells his listeners the terrible things will happen. The temple, the center of their city, their culture, their religion will be destroyed. Wars and insurrections, earthquakes and famines will follow. Jesus warns that they will be arrested and persecuted, families divided because they follow Jesus. But Jesus warns them, warns us, not to be distracted, to see this as an opportunity to testify, to endure in the faith, and he comforts them that God will protect them even in the midst of calamity. Right in the midst of calamity, Jesus calls them, calls us, to be faithful. The call is ever-present, yet somehow in times of trouble, that call to faithfulness gets clarified. When my heart is hurting. Many of you know I turn to poetry, and I've been thinking much of Auden's elegy in memory of W.B. Yeats, in which Auden remembers the great Irish poet who lived through so many of the devastating events in that country's history. Auden writes, Mad Ireland hurts you into poetry. Mad Ireland hurt you into poetry. Let us to allow our country this time to hurt us into poetry, into beauty, into love. For that is how we Christians testify. That is how we endure. We take what is cataclysmic and we let our hearts be broken. Broken open into love. So beloved, with our hearts broken by the rifts in our nation, the anger, the fear, how do we keep them open to love? How do we keep them open to Christian love? Not romantic, easy, cliched, hallmark love, but fierce, fierce love. The love we Christians are called on to show God and neighbor. First, let us be honest. Let us tell the truth. Let us be honest about our pain, honest about our broken hearts. 
You see, it's tempting to try to rush past the pain and it's to try to avoid it by ignoring it. It's tempting to rush into unity and reconciliation. But rather, beloved, we must do the hard work of telling the truth in love to others and listening, listening with the ear of the heart as others tell us about their pain. When Jesus predicts the destruction of the temple, those listening want answers. When will this be, Jesus? How will we know? And Jesus does not provide an easy answer. Rather, he provides more troubling news about what is to come, and he tells them that they will have to pay attention. They will have to take risks. And isn't that the truth of our faith? There are no easy answers in faith or in relationships. We must be willing to hear more hard news and then to be honest about it in the upcoming months and years, keeping our hearts open even when someone is telling us something hard, even if events are frightening. And then we must fear not and trust that God is with us in this and all hard times so that we can testify to what we know is true. That no matter who or which party is in power, we belong to another kingdom. We are citizens of the beloved community. We set our hope on Christ. We follow the Prince of Peace who bids us to love boldly and fearless, fiercely, to take up our cross, caring less for ourselves than for others. That cross-shaped love is powerful, friends. It means we stay with people even when we disagree with them. It means we seek the good, the God image in and for others, even when we disagree with them. And it means we always, always stand with the most vulnerable in our society. We stand with whomever feels threatened, whomever others want to brand as outsider. For wherever lines are drawn or walls are built, Jesus is always with those who are being pushed out. So that's where we are to be too. If someone is being harassed or threatened, we stand with them, we accompany them. For that is what fierce love does. And we don't do it out of hate for the harasser. We do it out of love, love for a child of God. Finally, the only way to have the kind of fierce love and Christian courage that we are always called to but are perhaps more keenly aware of now, the only way to have that is through prayer. For how can we trust God unless we spend time each day resting in God's love and protection for us, keeping our eyes on Christ, not on the temple that is crumbling, crumbled, crumbling again.
not keeping our eyes on wars and famines and earthquakes that frighten us, but keeping our eyes on Christ, the Prince of Peace, who offers us the peace that the world cannot give so that we might be peace in the world. How can we love those who hurt and anger and betray us unless we ask God to keep our broken hearts open and soft in love, even especially them. Be hurt into poetry. Be hurt into love. Let your heart be broken open for love. Testify to the truth. Listen deeply. Love, love fiercely. Rest in God. And so, beloved, even in this confusing time, as we're working out how to be now and how to respond in a time when we are all obviously broken, I take comfort in this bad week that included the death of the great Jewish-Buddhist mystic singer-songwriter Leonard Cohen. Ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There's a crack, a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. There's a crack in everything and the cracks are larger than usual now. But now there's room for light. Look for the light. Be the light. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.